Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Angel of Words podcast, where your stories are heard. I am your host, Angel of Words. And before we get started, don't forget to click on that notification bell on YouTube. Like, follow, share, subscribe to the podcast. Also, we are available on all podcast platforms and Spotify has video now. So you can go check out the video on Spotify as well. Now, we also have the website. Don't forget to go and buy some merchandise on the website, AOWENT.com. We're all, you know, we're, we set you up with everything you need for your uh, spring uh, essentials. Also, we have the sponsors. You know, our sponsors are Out of This World, Out of This World Threads, reminding you to be out of this world, and AttitudeOn10.com, your place to start getting over the traumas in your life. Now on deck on the Angel of Words podcast, we have Inga Wismer, licensed counselor and model. Hello, Ms. Wismer. Thank you for being here on the Angel of Words podcast. It is a pleasure to have you. Hello, Angel. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. It's great to have you as well. Um, I'm going to be honest. Uh, you know, we met at a photo shoot. Uh, you know, you told me you were Russian. There was a lot of stuff that we were speaking about after you told me that. You know me, I tend to be nosy. And uh, I want to start with an easy one. Um, you know, uh, how long did uh, you live in Russia? Um, I lived in Russia from birth until I was 18 years old. And I moved here when I was 18. Okay, great, great, great. And what, what made you want to move to uh, the United States? Well, actually, my um, fiancé at that time got a job here. He was Russian. And uh, he, uh, so in order for me to go with him, we had to get married. So oh, really? get married. <laughs> and we moved to the United States together. Wow. So you got married young. Very you know, young. You I was 18. Yeah. Really? What was that like? <laughs> Don't even ask me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, now, you know, um, that's not what we're here to talk about, but it's just funny that you said that. You know, I don't meet too many people nowadays that got married at the age of 18. Absolutely. But that's good to know. All right, cool. So you're a very uh, experienced woman when it comes to relationships, I'm sure. Well, I was divorced at the age of 22, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, thank you for being here. You know, um, you know, there's there's some, you know, there's a political, a big time political situation. You know, there's, you know, some combat going on in Eastern Europe. And uh, I was glad, you know, I'm very happy that you're here to discuss it because, you know, uh, you're one of the Russians that I've met that actually are against the war. I am against the war. And, you know, how does it make you feel right now what's going on in Eastern Europe? Well, I was, when it first happened, I was honestly shocked. I did not expect anything like this, that there will be um, a war in the center of Europe. It hasn't been happening for 70, over 70 years. Um, And it reminds me a lot of what, um, you know, happened during World War II when Germans invaded Russia. And now Russia is doing the same thing to Ukraine. And it makes me very sad that we are now behaving just like Nazi behaved toward us. Wow. So that's how you're looking at it. You're looking at it as a... So would you consider like the regime now with Putin to be kind of fascist? Like, was it... Well, I wouldn't go as far as to say uh, fascist, but I would say it's definitely a dictatorship and uh, people are not free to express uh, their uh, opinion. They are not... There is no free speech. uh, And now there is a 15, uh, th- uh, 15 years in jail for 
um, expressing protest against the war or even calling it a war or invasion. You have to call it special military operation. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. And, you know, a lot of a lot of the uh, top Kremlin, you know, uh, associates, you know, have been dropping out. Yes. I mean, it's Chubais been, yeah, left yeah, recently. Exactly. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? Well, I, I'm actually looking uh, kind of a little optimistic about that because I think the only way for um, Putin to, f uh, to feel um, that it's not going to work is uh, from the internal pressure. So he needs to feel pressured by the oligarchs and by the people in his surroundings. Yeah. Is that something that normally happens in the culture? Like people going like, you know, have you seen that before in Russian history while Putin's been in office, people like separating themselves from him? Um, you mean like the, uh, like, you know, like the people like by his side, you know, like his oligarchs and people that he, well, know, I know some, some people were fired and some people left and some journalists just dropped dead and they were just disappeared, wow. <laughs> you know, so it has been happening. Yes. And he was in the, in power for over 22 years, uh, on and off. He had a couple of, uh, interim, other uh, presidents like Medvedev and he was there for a short term, but it essentially was still Putin. Like a cup of coffee he was there for, you know? <laughs> Pretty much. Crazy. Pretty much. So how do you feel about Marina? I, I, I don't want to pronounce her name, but Ovis Nikova. She, you know, she protested on, you know, on, on the air. Did you hear about I that? I did. I that... absolutely did. That lady <laughs> has guts. <laughs> I'm extremely proud of her. And I think that what she did is was a very risky move first for her career and second for her life, because I don't know what will happen to her now. But what she did is that she expressed her opinion that not all Russians supported. And I think that was huge. And it was on the state TV and all Russians could see it because a right now they uh, disabled uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. You cannot access news anywhere else but the state TV. So this was, some people don't have any uh, independent sources of information. So this was huge to see somebody stepping on state TV and saying that. Yeah, yeah. you know, the Kremlin was upset. You know, for, I didn't even know that, you know, but like, you know, uh, obviously until YouTube and all these social media uh, platforms were created, like I, from what I've read in the New York Times, and by the way, a lot of the information I'm getting today is from the New York Times. So uh, if you don't read the New York Times, I'm sorry. If you have something against it, I'm sorry. But I don't. I, yeah, I do yeah, read New York Times. Yeah, so I read all sources of news. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I read all sources of news, but a lot of the information that I did get today, you know, because I like to make sure that people know where I'm getting my information mm -hmm. and we don't give bad information. Well, even if we give information that people don't agree with, they know exactly where I got it from. I'm not just making things up. So yeah, no, from what I was like reading, like a lot of like a large percentage, I would say over 80% of the information was coming directly from the Kremlin, directly from the state. Yes, it is. You it know? is. Uh, and I just spoke with, um, I have a friend who is an attorney and she lives in Moscow and uh, she's a very well-educated and well-to-do woman and, um, you know, obviously intelligent and reads information elsewhere. But she told me right now it's hard to get that information and the situation is very uncertain and um, a lot of people... Uh, are immigrating from Russia because they are not sure what the political situation will be and whether it will be even safe to stay there. So, yeah, that's what she said to me. And there is no sugar in grocery stores. Gone. There's no sugar no in grocery sugar. stores. Wow. 
So I, I mean, okay. So I mean, damn, not even from Cuba, not even Cuba sending sugar over there. I don't know. <laughs> it's not crazy. enough. Wow, that's insane. I didn't know that. Wow. So when did you find that out? That I they, just spoke with her last. Really? Wow. So it's really like there's really a, a, um, you know, a lot of things going on within the interior of the government. Like, how does that make you feel? Did you ever envision that? You know, you know, growing up that. There well, would I, be I just a... was in Moscow five months ago. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I had to go uh, to sell my mom's apartment because my mom okay. passed away a few years ago, and I actually this attorney was helping me to do the transaction. That's why yeah. we, we became friends, and um, I. I was not imagining anything like that. You know, the country, I mean, the uh, the city was very clean and very modern. And But I didn't know how rotten it is inside and how little uh, freedom people actually have. I had no idea from being there for three weeks. And when you go visiting, I would imagine. So you've been there, I guess, a lot. Visiting. A lot, yeah. Yeah, okay. And you're from like the Moscow area. I'm from, I'm which, from Moscow. From oh, you are from Moscow. Well, fantastic. All right. Cool. That's great. I, I, I didn't know that, you know. But, you know, that's, wow. Okay. So, all right. So you didn't witness a lot of that. You didn't, really didn't see the oppression, if you will, as or... I didn't, but when I talked to yeah. my attorney and also my friend uh, uh -huh. from childhood, uh, she said we cannot discuss any political situation because phones are being tapped and it's not safe for them. So we just stay, stayed away from those conversations because the phones are being recorded. Now, as a Russian, would you like to see some kind of you know, progression in terms of like social progression and a little bit more open mindedness or, you know, I'm actually hoping for that yeah. uh, because um, the situation right now is very unstable and it cannot continue like this long term. Something will happen. I don't know what that will be, but it's just not a sustainable situation for anybody. So um, I do know there is a um, you probably heard of. Um, Alexei Navalny, who yes. has been uh, put in jail mm -hmm. uh, for nine years. Yeah, no, he was like going against uh, my man. They, I think they even they they try to slip some uranium in his drink or something yeah, crazy he, like uh, that. He allegedly has been poisoned, and yeah. he was um, treated in uh, Germany. And when he came back, he was arrested at the airport and separated from yeah. his wife and two children. Yeah. So right now, and he, like I, it, you know, he's definitely like if I could see Russia like being led by him, I would move back there and I would celebrate. Really? So that's how big of a really of an impasse he can cause for Putin and the whole regime over there. That's why they wow. He would establish a true democracy. Why? Well, I, I, you know, I didn't think you know I didn't know that he was that powerful. That the backing that he has, you know, within the underground factions of. Russians is so large. He has a lot of support, but at the same time, it's mostly his ideas that I admire. I don't know how much power he has because obviously now he's in jail and he doesn't have a lot of power. Yeah, being I don't think he's ever prison. getting out. I but mean, yeah. It depends what happens because, like, I want to stay optimistic and positive because I know the situation is not stable, but I also know that it, it's bound to change. Something will happen. I don't know what that would be. Yeah, that's wow, that's tough. Now, you know, when it comes, you know, have you ever visited the Ukraine? Like, do you, have you been to the country before? I like, think I have when I was a child. Okay. I think I have. Uh, and I always thought about Ukraine as just a neighboring nation, yeah. like friendly neighbor that you come to visit and yeah. go back to your country, you know. I never thought of it as a part of Russia. Okay, all right, cool. Now, you know, I, and, you know, a lot of the Russian supporters, you know, I mean, you know, my barb is Russian and I'm not going to call him a supporter. You know, I'm not going to put it out there like that. But he told me that, you know, he he believes, you know, that the 
the reason this is going on is because of the American influence on Ukraine. So we hearken back to like the Russian influence on Cuba. You know, the Russia's looking at it like that. Like, you know, there's two, there's the, it's a, a, it's a national security situation. Oh, I've heard that theory. I've heard you that. Know, I've heard that it's too close um, to uh, to Russia to have NATO country because that's why they did not uh, Putin did not want Ukraine to be in NATO and NATO did not take Ukraine into their alliance for that yeah. reason because Putin uh, is afraid that there will be missiles pointing to Russia. Yeah. You know that was yeah. So how do you feel about that when Russian people, you know, that support that side of it, you know, like, I mean, I guess everybody's allowed to have their opinion. And yes. I can understand it from like a, from a, you know, a political and strategic uh, military situation. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I understand you don't want someone that you feel is your enemy too close for comfort. Yes. You know? But at the same time... um, starting an unprovoked uh, act of war without having any diplomatic discussion is not the way to go about it. You know, it was not the right thing what happened. Why do you think that, you know, I know that, you know, we, we, we're all, we're just speculating right now, but why do you think, you know, Putin went ahead with this? Well, because of his childhood. Like me being a psychologist, I could tell you that he had a traumatic childhood and he only learned that um, to get away, to get somewhere in this world, you have to be powerful. The only language he knows is power. He cannot show weakness. And for him, starting, you know, the war, it was an act of showing that he is strong. And I think that's why he probably did it. Okay, so that's that's your uh, it's my, professional um, outlook on yeah, it. Yeah, because I've, I've read some of his childhood history and it has not been pretty. Not, childhood bring up, no. <laughs> you, know, you can imagine. Yeah. No. You know, and I feel really, you know, sad for the region because there's a lot of carnage going on right yes. now. You know, unnecessary carnage going on right now. You know, like you said, the things could have been, you know, discussed diplomatically. Yes. And, and now people are suffering. You know, Poland's yes. being overtaken with uh, Ukrainian refugees. You know, they, and we're gonna get hundred thousand. Yeah, hundred thousand. They just said are gonna be coming over here, and it's just you know, it's 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 killing the sovereignty of a nation. Like you know, how does that make you feel when you're seeing that like live coverage, man? As a Russian, I mostly feel bad about the people. Yeah, and I just it just breaks my heart to see that, yeah. especially children, mothers, like it's. It's it it makes no sense and there is no excuse for that. There is no reason for that, you know. Russia is already the biggest country. Why? Like yeah. he wants to restore this huge uh, Soviet empire, like with all these satellite republics. Yeah. But it's not the way to go. Even if he gets it, the people will hate Russians, and it pretty much destroyed the goodwill between two neighboring nations. You know, whatever goodwill there was. Before. Yeah, forever. Like, forever. You know, these, these, I mean, you know, hopefully, you know, after a few hundred years. To, exactly. But it's just like yeah. Germans and Russians. Yeah, yeah, and Germans and French and, you know, a bunch of, you know, nations in that exactly. area during the 1940s and the 20s. You know what I mean? When World War One and Two was going on. It, it's, uh, you know, it really it messes things up because there was some kind of harmony for a lot of years in that region. You yes. Know? Wow, man. How have you been treated, though? You know, I wanted to speak on that. You know, how have you been treated? You know, when people know that you're Russian, like what's happening right now? Well, Talk I only me. got one uh, hate mail from one person yeah. uh, who said, 
um, I have no business living in the United States. I should go and I should protest against Putin. I should go back in my country or he would be happy to come and kill me himself. So it was quite, you know, unexpected. And I honestly just was, you know, I didn't want to try to talk to him because when people start being hateful, it's not useful to communicate. So I just unfriended and blocked him because I just couldn't have that kind of conversation with somebody. Well, first, that was a great piece of advice. When people are being hateful, block them. <laughs> block them. <laughs> you heard it first. Block them. Gosh, that's one heck of a DM, ma'am. Oh, my God. How, how did that make you feel? How are you feeling right now? Um, I see where he's coming from. It's coming from the place of hurt. I know that he, um, you know, he's sad for the Ukrainians, but so am I. And just because I'm Russian doesn't mean I agree with Putin. And I also got uh, hate on the other side and from a very unexpected person, from my uncle, who I visited just five months ago and helped to carry his sick girlfriend from the car because she was too sick to walk. So, yeah, she had coronavirus and she was and I got coronavirus from her and he's telling me that because I live in the United States we are the enemy of Russians we need to be nuked that's what he said my uncle it is that actually hurt me a lot you know and Russia is a beautiful country from what I've seen oh yeah you know you know I mean the architecture like Mm -hmm. it's just amazing I loved it and so is Ukraine, you know. Ukraine and so has is a, Ukraine. Yeah, you know. So is Ukraine. My friend just went there with her daughter three months ago to Ukraine. And she said, I have pictures of my daughter. And this is probably the last pictures that there will be of what Ukraine looked like. I showed it to my child before it all happened. That's sad. She's a hate- nine-year-old girl, you know. And I really feel bad for the children. You know, they got to, you know, this is, a, you grow up fast like these. These are traumatic experiences. Like, what would you tell a child that's dealing with this right now? Well, uh, they're definitely in fight or, or flight situation because this is like, you know, how um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, uh, you know, from uh, basics such as food and water to, uh, you know, self-actualization. So they're very low on their hierarchy of needs right now, those children. They need safety. They need protection. They need food. They need water. They need medicine. They need shelter right now. And before those things happen, uh, you cannot speak of higher needs such as education, such as, you know, like just, you know, having seen friends or, you know, because right now they're sheltering, they're trying to survive. And this is just, and they will be traumatized. And for years after this war ends, they will, the, the whole generation will be traumatized. So what do you tell them? You know what I mean? Like, what would you tell somebody 20 years down the line, you know, that's gone through this? Like, what do you tell anyone that's been through trauma? Well, I mean, it all depends on, like, what kind of trauma, if it's childhood trauma. There are many ways to work with trauma. Like, I do EMDR, um, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So I use, uh, you know, like, either clickers or I use, like, bilateral stimulation for trauma. Um, you know, I use um, cognitive behavior therapy. Um, you know, I use different techniques. Basically, they will need to see a professional, you know, for that. Because it's very hard to overcome trauma by yourself, you know. Because with trauma, you kind of, a lot of feelings come, such as shame, guilt, survi- like survivor guilt, like if somebody in a family died and they survived. So it's it's very hard for individuals to overcome it on their own. They need help. 
would you ever go, you know, I mean, let's say things stop. Would you, you know, like, what, what would you say to your uncle right now? Like when you go back and see him, like if things were to stop and th- like, would you ever speak to him again? Are you I actually upset? texted him back and I said, this really? is because I, you know, like if somebody talks to me in a way that I don't deserve to be talked to, I just said, you cannot uh, treat me this way. I said, it was not acceptable for me to hear that from my uncle that knew me from the time I was a little girl. I do not wish to talk to you if you decide to communicate to me this way. But he is one of those narcissists, so he didn't apologize. But he sent me a picture of him eating mushroom soup, uh, selfie. So I took it as an apology. (laughs) But I did not talk to him ever since. Okay. Wow. Wow. And how a woman treated in Russia? Like, you know, is it like a progressive situation? Like, you know, is there a lot of misogyny when it comes to females? I don't know. In business world, maybe it's harder for females to get ahead. But overall, uh, no women are working. Women, you know, they're pretty much are important part of the society. But of course, uh, there is uh, an older generation belief that women maybe are not as competent or not as important as males are. But it's not as, you know, like I didn't feel too much of that when I was in Russia. Now, if you, you know, if you were had an opportunity, right, all things being equal, to take in, uh, you know, a Ukrainian family or a Ukrainian child, would you do so? Yes, to I show actually talked. I actually talked about it with my husband. Really? Yes, because we have. What a big was that house. conversation like? Uh, well, it was pretty obvious. Like, you know, we have a big house, and uh, even though I have, I'm a mother of four, so we have four children. Oh my, we got six people in there. Yeah, we already have six people in there, but we <laughs> could find a spare room for our family, for like a mother with children, because probably fathers are at war. I assume that there will be not too many males coming as refugees. It mostly will be women and children. So yeah, absolutely. I, you know. Well, I love the altruism. You know, that's what I'm trying to bring here on the Angel of Words podcast, some harmony, you know, to let people know that, you know, it's not, it's a, it's a humanitarian situation. Yes, it's a crisis. Exactly. It's, it's a tragedy. You know, it's about what's human happening. interest. It's like, you know, no matter where, even if you're from the direct country that's in conflict with the other country, there's still people that look at things from, from both perspectives and there's still grace and, and admiration Absolutely. and love. Absolutely. You know? And like some of my Ukrainian friends, such as that lady who took her daughter to Ukraine, she's a little bit uncomfortable with me because I'm Russian. And I told her that I said, you should not, uh, you know, think that I have anything to do with this conflict because I do not support Putin's actions. I'm against this war. I, you know, I'm on your side. So if you feel uncomfortable, please talk to me and we can discuss that, you know. So because our daughter's a best friend. So oh, I really wow. Yeah. Wow. Ukrainian and Russian girls, they see them wow. the same desk in school. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so deep, you know, because the children are so innocent. They, they don't are. know. They're best friends. They love wow. each other. They even look similar because they're it's a same uh ethnic group. Yeah. It's the same language group, it's the same cultural group. So it's pretty much a fratricide. It's like happening. Dominicans and Puerto Ricans kind exactly. of. Exactly, you, know I mean? exactly. you can't tell one apart from yeah. the other <laughs> unless you do some digging, you know? Yeah, wow, yeah. man, that's so great. Oh, my God, I didn't know that. That's so wild. Yeah, you know, you want to you wanna have that conversation with the parent, I would imagine, and really try to let them know that, look, I, I'm, you know, I'm with you guys. This yeah. is not supposed to be happening because it's just, you know, it's, what's right is right. What's wrong is wrong. And, you know, I, and I really see that you really are taking this hard. It's not easy for you to see this, you know? Wow. Oh, my God. 
And you know, and like you said, there really is no. There's, there's, I mean, I'm sure there's small differences between the cultures, but I, I would imagine there's a lot of similarities, a lot more than there is differences, right, between Ukrainian and Russian. Culture. Exactly. Even the language. <laughs> I mean, most of them are taught Russian in school. Most of them speak Russian, uh, and I can understand about 50% of Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. Uh, not 100%. I cannot speak it at all, but I can understand. I can get the gist of what is being said in a conversation. So great. How, how are you being treated here in America? Like when you go out to eat, like, you know, from people that know it, so there's no issues. What about, you know, do you go to Russia, like, you know, the Russian re- restaurants? Because, I've you know, I've read some reports that Russian restaurants were being attacked, you know, yeah. or, or protested. I've against, heard of that. I, I have not experienced it because, I mean, I haven't been to any Russian restaurants yeah. recently. Okay. However, I think this is wrong because it's the same thing as when uh, COVID-19 came about. Some Asian uh, individuals have been targeted and uh uh, discriminated against or even harmed, you know, for that reason that they spread coronavirus. And it's the same thing that now all Russians would be targeted as, you know, Putin allies, even though it's not necessarily true. Yeah, no, you know, I, I mean, I would imagine too, like if you're living in America, I mean, I guess you really didn't like the regime. <laughs> yeah, there was something wrong. I just hear all my dogs crying. Like I'm not going back. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. You spend more time in America than you have in, in I Russia. Did. You know? I did. I mean, you do visit, like you said. You do yeah, visit I visit, but I still feel more American. How does it feel when you go back home? It was awesome. I mean, I really, really enjoyed it because I got to see my friends, my family. It was wonderful. I like that. So are you one of the only people that came out here from over there like in your family or did you, a lot of you come out here? Uh, just me. Um, no, my dad came, but he lived here for, you know, only two years and then he passed away. He was elderly. He was almost 90. So, but yeah, he passed away a few years ago. Well, everyone, you know, we're talking to Inga right now. Inga Wismer here, the, our, uh, our counselor, our resident Russian cultural expert. Uh, folks, the podcast is pon- sponsored by uh, OTW Threads, reminding you to be out of this world, and also AttitudeOn10.com, your pace to start getting over trauma. So check that out, Inga. I know you're into that field. Um, now, I want to move forward, and I want to talk about modeling, because you ended up, well, we ended up meeting at a modeling photo shoot, and, you know, you model, you know, and it said, you know, but, you know, you're not in your 20s or your early no. teens. You know? No. <laughs> so how did that happen, man? You know, because you were telling me the story and I want you to tell it. I think it's great. Well, uh, when I was 20 years old, I, you know, was here for two years in this country. And I went to New York City to one of those modeling agencies that do runways. And they told me I'm too short. They said, you're pretty. Well, have you, you know, those Russian girls, man, like they're tall, man. Some are, some aren't. But yeah. basically the standard yeah. of beauty back then, the woman had to be like 5'11". Statuesque. Yes. Yeah. And they had to be very slender, probably size 0 to 2. And, um, you know, and uh, they told me, you're cute, but you're too short. Find a rich husband. <laughs> that was there. Really? I said, I'm already married. <laughs> and he's not rich. Oh, man. <laughs> but. Regardless, um, I was so busy with my career, with my life, with raising children, with raising family. So I I kind of put it on the back burner. But I turned 40 this year. and Congratulations. Thank you. It was the best age I ever had in my life. Really? Yes. Because in my 30s, I dedicated myself to my family. I was not making myself a priority. But when I turned 40, I made myself a priority. And I started 
doing things that, number one, I was afraid to do, and number two, that I didn't get to do when I was younger. And but modeling was one of them. So I went to another agency in New York City, and they said, um, you know, we'll take you. And it almost put me to tears. What modeling agency was this? Can you mention them? Are yes, you of course. Yeah, I could say it. Ahead, yeah. uh, Latitude Talents. Okay, and, Latitude uh, Talents. Yeah, they're Shout in Manhattan. Yeah, so they said, uh, you know, I like what the guy said. He said, if if not now, then when? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, and I, ever since I had all kinds of uh, modeling gigs and uh, photo shoots and fashion shows. And, uh, you know, I also started doing acting. Actually, tomorrow I'm going for my uh, second movie that I'm doing. Really? Yeah. Really? That's dope. What was the first movie that you did? Where can I, we I find it? Well, I just did it last weekend. Oh, okay. Uh, but, but I was only an extra for that movie. Okay. So it was called Bedside. So okay. I was in that movie. Um, for the whole day, it was like filming was like, from early morning to late night. Well, yeah, that's the that's the business, baby. Yeah, yeah I know. True. I was exhausted. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy long day. But it's not for the faint of heart. That's it's for sure. not. But but I will be in a lead role tomorrow, so I'm like studying my lines. So really? I better be good at that. Well, thanks for spending a couple t- yeah, you know, a couple of minutes here. Yeah, you know I'm, what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Wow, that's so crazy. All right. So, okay, I'm a, you know, let's finish on the modeling, right? So that was, you know, so they're telling you, you know, whatever, they, then these people hire you. How, how did you feel? Like, how did you take that? I was excited. I was very, uh, I just, you know, because, um, but it's also my attitude. Like, I feel now since I turned 40 that everything is possible. Whatever I put my mind to, I do it. It's not like if, maybe, I hope, I wish, I do it. That's it. There's no if, but. So it was kind of like I a little bit expected that because that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, I wanted to go before back to my home country where I haven't been in 10 years. I just did by myself without my family, you know, and that was powerful. And then I went to Turkey, you know, by myself. And I was afraid to fly. I overcame my fear of flying. Really? Yes. You were afraid to fly. You took such a long flight as a child, as an 18-year-old. Yes, but, uh, you know, I had one bad experience, and ever since, I was just afraid. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to fear dictate my life. And I was afraid to go to a modeling agency for the fear of rejection, but I did it anyway, you know? So I pretty much do things that I'm afraid to do now. What was it like sitting in that waiting room? Uh, you know, it was quick because they I had an appointment, so I didn't have to sit for too long. Okay. So <laughs> did they offer minutes. you a modeling contract? Like, how did that work? Well, it's a little different. They actually just send me like information of different, uh, you know, casting calls and uh, clients that they have. And I respond, but I want to do it. Oh, okay. So it's like it's essentially like an agent. Yeah, kind of. Nice. Yeah. So I've, I'm happy with that. And how's the modeling situation? Have you been able to book gigs and things of that nature? Yes. I actually, well, I had um, two fashion shows so far. You know, which were pretty cool, you know, and uh, I had to learn on the spot. I have a friend who was a model, so she was training me to do catwalk in her basement. Really? (laughs) What was that like? It was awesome. I mean, she's such an amazing woman. She's 50 years old and she's a single mother. And she had radiated this positivity and confidence and she gave some to me, you know, so I made me feel confident. So how many runway shows have you done so far? Two. Uh, but I also did a lot of photo shoots. I am also published in uh, two magazines. My photos are published. Um, you know, one a French magazine and one American magazine. Really? Yeah. What are they called? So we can check it out. Well, the American one is um, Edit. Edit. Okay. And the French one is Fiance. Fiance. Yeah. 
You know so. what that means? I don't. I'm not too. No, good uh, I though some French, but I don't know what that <laughs> word means. <laughs> but yeah, French isn't French is too easy. You know? No, no. <laughs> I've always wanted to learn that language. I took French in college, but it's been really? years ago. Yeah. Do you? I mean, I'm sure you speak multiple languages, though, mm-hmm. because you know, for whatever reason, Europeans speak like a gazillion languages. Not a gazillion. I speak for some French, yeah. Russian, and yeah. uh, English. Not that many, and I know some Arabic. Like I could read script. Oh, really? Not uh, like just phonetically. I don't necessarily understand what it means, but oh. I learned to what those letters sound like. Really? Yeah, That's which was dope. pretty cool. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> it was I, like, I love languages. I'm a little crazy about languages. So. Yeah, I mean, me too. I feel like it's, you know, it's great. Like my Italian is pretty solid. Like I, I feel oh. like I could go to Italy. Yeah. Oh, really? That's I'll be it. all right. Are, are you Italian? No, I'm not Italian. I'm Puerto Rican. Oh my God. Yeah. And how did you learn Italian? Because I learned Italian in college and I, because I was working when, when before, as I was studying in college, right, like my first semester, I started working at an Italian restaurant. Oh, so you had a hands-on experience. Yeah, but you know, but the thing is, you know, everybody spoke English. It's not something I felt I needed to do, but I had a, you know, shout out to her, Legea. I would always hear her speaking in Italian. Mm. And I'm like, man, I, it sounded so familiar to Spanish. I'm exactly. like, man, I, I should really try to like take it and, you know, because I didn't want to take Spanish in college. I was like, I want to learn a new language. Exactly. You might as well. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I had already mastered. Spanish that that moment in time in my life, you know, I like I think I was like what 19, 20 years old. So you speak three languages, right? Well, I mean, I'm, my Italian isn't great. I haven't been around Italian speaking people, but let's say I was thrown in the in the mix, mm-hmm. I would probably take me like three to four months to really get you know nice with it again. That's awesome. That's you know really what I mean cool. because I really like get it, and I try to watch it. I used to watch Ray, which is like an Italian channel that was out. Oh, here. that's another way to learn the yeah, language. Exactly. Just so watch. Yeah, exactly. So I would just watch Ray a lot. You know? <laughs> we're like, I'm like, oh, oh it's a beautiful, melodic, yeah. romantic it, language. That, yes. And, you know, I think that I really, you know, that melody, really, that cadence of the language really, like, like stuck with me. So it was like, you know, uh, you know, hopefully I get to get to Italy one day. But um, definitely, I feel like if I was there, I'd be able to. You uh, should if you get a get, chance. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Have you been there? Uh, no, but I've been to Spain and okay. uh, Spain was amazing. Oh, my God. I want to take my mother there. I want to take my mother there, like for like as a retirement gift. Shout out to my I mom. I think she would appreciate time. that. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Right? She would you know, some love tapas, that. you know, a little oh. seafood. Why not? <laughs> awesome. I mean, yeah. that's a great idea. Oh my God. Yeah. So you're acting now, huh? Yeah, what, I just started. You just th- so what's that like? You know what? What's uh? What have you learned from acting? That's a, a little. That was a little hard to adjust to. Well, I just learned how what it is because before I had zero experience in acting, so I learned how it is to be uh, on a set and how this whole thing works. Uh, you know what those terms mean. You know, like so I could kind of, uh, you know, like I can understand uh, how because because there is a lot of retakes. You know, this is why it's taken so long because because if somebody makes a mistake or doesn't sound right, so it just keeps retaking and retaking and retaking, and uh, it's definitely a, you know it's a very long process and it's not easy. You say you're a lead now. Uh, yes, I'm. Yeah, I'm gonna play a mom of a 13 year old girl. Get out of here! Yes, I'm really? so excited. I could be in that role because I have a 13 year old child. Is it a, is it a short film or a short, feature film? It's okay. a short film. It's a short. Right, it's an independent cool. movie. Yeah. Nice, nice. How how long? How long they tell you? Do they think it's gonna be 15 minutes, 20 minutes? Um, it's it depends. No, it probably will be lo- longer than that. Maybe maybe half an hour. I, I would think. Well, how'd you get put on to that? 
uh, through my agency. They, wow, that yeah. agency is so cool. Yeah, they are, you know, I, they give me all kinds of interesting gigs. Wow, so. that's amazing. Would you recommend it to anybody out there? Like, looking yeah. to, like, you know, start a fresh new situation? Yeah, exactly. Like, if you if you already have been in the industry for a while, maybe then you can find some fancy agencies. You know what I mean? But, like, to start, it's great. How'd you feel when you took that nice long walk on the catwalk, man, for the first time? I was very nervous. (laughs) I was terrified. And I had to practice a lot wearing high heels, you know, so. Yeah, because as a mom, you're not really walking around in high heels as much as you normally would. But it's not that difficult, actually. Like, you just kind of. That's so Get used wild. to it. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot. I mean, you know, the, the modeling, you know, Russia and models is like kind of like synonymous, you know, especially like in the 80s and 90s. Like they were killing the game. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I, I mean, you know, I always think of, you know, besides ballet, you know, vodka, I think of modeling when I think of Russians. You know? Oh, really? OK. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, like I wasn't necessarily thinking of that, but. I, yeah. I most, mostly thought more like figure skating, honestly. Well, yes, that too, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. You know, wow. Yeah, no, definitely. How did you feel about? I felt so bad for that Russian girl, man. They should have never let her compete. Oh, yeah, because she was what fifteen. Yeah, you know, she's a young girl. She's, you know, I mean, I don't know if she, you know, it wasn't. I don't know if she was using uh, the steroids or she was. And my thing is, they like, probably made her take it. Yeah, I, exactly. It wasn't her you think they do decision. That? They do not, really. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you know, I'm sure it was not her decision to do that. So I do feel bad for her as well. You know? You know, it's like, what, don't don't even let her go out there. Like, no. you know what I'm saying? Because I felt, you know, I don't want to see that on, on a center stage in front of the universe. It's because you're in front of the you. Everybody's watching the figure skating. Everybody loves to watch. I love figure skating. Yeah, it's my favorite sport to watch yes. in the Olympics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In the winter, in the summer, you know, there's a lot of other stuff I like to watch. But in, in the winter, in the winter yeah. I tune in for figure skating. Yeah, like, I, I, so, I find it enjoyable. So do I. <laughs> What's the name of the Ukrainian fi- Katarina Vitt. I used to be a big fan of her. Oh, I, yeah, I don't think I know her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was awesome, man. Like, I remember, like, watching her skate and stuff like that. And that's like, that was actually the first uh, female figure skater I remember was her. And male was Brian Boitano. Like back in the days, but yeah, no, I'm really into figure skating. Like not for nothing, I really like to watch it. I enjoy it, you know. And I like, I like to see like what's you know the 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 uh, enhancement now. You know, now they're doing quadruple jumps oh, and stuff like this. Oh, it's just it's almost like yeah. defies human uh, capabilities, <laughs> yeah. right? Amazing. They're like floating in the air. Right? So in Russia, do you guys learn how to skate like right away? Is that is that like a thing? I actually did skate, uh, you know, as a child, and I also skied like cross-country skiing as a uh, common sport. But I just picked up um, uh, figure skating. Uh, figure skating, like there is a, t- a teacher, so I'm taking lessons because I want. It's another thing I want to learn. I want to be better at figure skating. That's so cool. Yeah, I love your energy. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just because once you awaken, because after years I had a lot of difficult things that happened to me. I've been through a lot of trauma, a lot of losses. Uh, and I just overcame all those things last year, you know. And once you go through this process, all at once you overcame everything. Not at all, all at okay. once, okay. but it was a little. But it all started pretty much last spring when I realized that I want to change. I want to become a different person. So I pretty much came out of my shell uh, of. Uh, you know, feeling um, guilt, feeling like I failed, feeling that I had too many losses. And I decided to uh, be open to life. And I even got a tattoo that said, smile to life. 
So you went through like a whole identity shift. Yes, I changed. You wouldn't recognize me. Uh, like I lost weight. I started doing things for myself. I started, uh, you know, just uh, expanding. Like I started my private practice. I left um, the state facility I was working at. So I started taking risks. I went back to my country. I took some flying lessons while I was afraid to fly. So you took flying yes, lessons? Yes, I did. I, I took a few flying lessons, uh, you know, in a small like Cessna airplane. Yeah. That's amazing. So I just. So were you, I mean, I guess you were co-piloting. I don't think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was sitting kind of in the, in the yeah. captain's seat. However, pretty much the guy was telling me everything I was supposed to do. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Good for you. You know. And it helped me to overcome the fear because I learned how the plane works. Oh, man. See, I like that. I like when people go through identity shifts and do things that, you know. That, and you know what? You mentioned something important, actually, because I know a lot of women who became mothers at an early age. Mm -hmm. And then they get to their mid to late 30s, approaching 40. Mm -hmm. And they're going through like, I don't want to call it a midlife crisis. It's kind of young for a midlife mm -hmm. crisis. But they, you know, they start, I would say, questioning what their purpose is. You That's, know? Yeah. They start feeling down on themselves, yeah. I feel. You know, they start like, like, I don't know, like, like they feel lost, if you will. Yes. You know? This is what happened to me. Yes. Because for years, I pretended that I was content, uh, you know, and um, I had, uh, you know, serious losses. Like I had my dad died. My mom committed suicide. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I didn't hear that. Thank you. It was very difficult. Uh, so I had a failed adoption. Um, you know, I had friends turned on me. I had people who were judging me. And, um, you know, there were a lot of things that pretty much hurt me. But I chose, like like you're saying, this was, um, I'm like, I don't need to live all my life sad and uh, broken. I can actually pick up these pieces and make something. I can pick up splendid shards and I can, you know how in Japanese art, when the vase is broken, they put gold around, paint it, around yes. it. So this is what I did with, my, with myself. By the way, that's why they did that in Star Wars, guys, with, uh, with my man's uh, mask. <laughs> for my Star Wars fans out there, you know, <laughs> Kylo Ren. But, uh, you know, but wow, that, wow, Inga, you know, that's deep. And where, you know, what motivated you? What inspired you? Like, you know, what's that thought process like? Because I want to help my ladies because I know a lot like that, you know, that are great mothers, but they start feeling like, you know, like there's something missing, you know? Well, you know, there's a, I would say there is a lot of societal expectations that mothers have to do this, but not that. And um, we as humans, we try to, um, you know, we want people to accept us and we want to kind of do what society tells us. So what I did, um, that was not getting me anywhere trying to be like everyone. So I accepted the fact that if I do my own thing, some people will not like me. So basically to answer your question, you have to tell those mothers, um, follow your heart. Do not listen to what other people tell you to do because if, uh, if, because if that will not make you happy. But if those people disagree with you, that's perfectly okay. You just have to, you don't have to be a people pleaser, you know? Yeah. You don't have to do that. I used to be, but I decided I'm completely okay if somebody doesn't like me. I'm, I'm okay. How did that affect your husband? 
Well, I mean, I would say uh, that is the only way you could change somebody else is when you change. Because I tried for years to change also some of his behaviors, you know, because we had trouble in our marriage. And he has changed very much this year as well. And uh, in a positive way, you know, he... Um, started uh, to play basketball, he started a club, he, um, you know, made friends, he got outside of his shell, and he told his parents that did not accept me for years that it was not okay. He never spoke against them, and he did. Because I would imagine that's also tough on the husband because you don't know what to tell your wife. It was hard. It was, I, I can tell you, when somebody yeah. goes through that transformation, yeah. a lot of things, um, you know, on the way get destroyed. Whatever is not true gets destroyed. So it's also a process of elimination. It's a process of pruning. Like if something is not good, like I lost a lot of friendships this year, a lot, and some close ones. And it's just really? a matter of fact. And even my relationship with my husband, we're going through a lot of transformation right now. We're not sure which way it's going to go. But I have to be honest with you. Once you go through this, everything is you know, you, you don't know which way it's all. All the cards are on the table. You know, yeah. you, you don't know how it's going to play out. I feel like that comes with evolving. You know, I feel like some, you know, some. I feel like humans sometimes are like trees. Some grow tall like redwoods because mm -hmm. they grow for over 100 years. Yeah. And some stay little, you know, yes. they don't mature after a certain point. You know, and if you feel like you want to be a redwood, you know. Uh, you have to, I guess your partner has to be willing to become a redwood themselves. Because yes. if not, it's not going to work. You exactly, know? exactly. And even my children changed. Like they, uh, like I have a son with high functioning autism. And he, like for years, I was trying all kinds of therapies and everything. But when I changed, he changed. You can't even tell he has autism. Now he started uh -huh. expanding, like doing um, after school activities, sports. Like he hasn't done that in years. And now he... He even went to like a uh, his school dance, which is like, yeah, he dressed up. And, that's fantastic because yeah. you know we've done a couple episodes here on the Age of the Words podcast about autism. You know, that's a that's a a cause we care a lot about. Shout out to I Am Dad, you know, defeating autism daily. So yeah. wow, that's great to hear. That's great news, and it came with an energy shift. It came yes. with like you know shifting your mindset, doing what you want to do. Yes. And feeling unapologetic about it. Unapologetic I about it. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. That's deep. And But it all started, you asked me how it all started. Yeah. I actually met one person uh, that I shared all my losses, all my, you know, trials and tribulations with him. And he said, no matter what happened, you still have this beautiful light in you. You have this love and that has never changed. You, who you are, has never changed despite all these losses. And that made me believe in myself, that I'm still good, even though all these difficult things happen. So when somebody believes in you, you start believing in yourself. So so you feel like you have to, you know, you're right, because a lot of people say you have to see it being done or you have to feel that energy coming your way. And then, you know, things probably start getting better for you. But, you know, you have to put yourself in, I guess, those surroundings. Yes, it helps. If somebody right? is supportive, if somebody believes in you, just simply believes in you, yeah. no matter what. Wow, that's deep. Because that's not easy to find. You would no, think it is, no. right? And it could be just, a, uh, like, I didn't know that person for very long. It's, you know, it, it could be just a short interaction with somebody. It could be one word. It could be something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you don't know, uh, even uh, meeting somebody for a short time can change the course of your life.
Wow, Inga. I mean, thank you for sharing that with us. I know it's not easy to talk about. You know, I don't I don't like to go there. But, you know, thank you for like sharing, you know, that wisdom and those things that you've been through. Because I know it can it wasn't easy, but I'm glad that, you know, you're at a point right now where you you can tell people, you know, that it is possible. Yeah, Follow your dreams because you only have one life and it's short because I tried to be safe for years. And when the COVID came about, I'm like, you could be safe for all you like and you still can drop dead. <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> like Those are the facts. Exactly. So you might as well do what sets your soul on fire because you only have one life and you should follow your dreams. Thank you for that. I mean, I know it took a lot of courage to say that, you know, here on the Angel of Words podcast. So we appreciate you being so candid. And now, Inga, you know, it's time to play. If you're ready. I am. Five words with Angel. All right, folks, just so you know, this this segment is sponsored by OTW Threads, Be Out of This World, and Attitude uh, Attitude 10com your place to start getting over your trauma. Now, Inga, on Five Words with Angel, I'm going to give you a word or phrase. You're, I'm sure you're used to this. You know, it's a word association game. Word or phrase. From you first and Freud, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You got me. You got me, guys. It's not an original thing. You know, <laughs> I just named it after myself, but. Let's do it. Are you ready? Yes. All right. The first word is, what do you think about? What do you think about? Ballet. Uh, Bolshoi Theater. Ooh. <laughs> yes. That is the top theater, right? That is where you want to go. You want to see some ballet. It doesn't get any better than that. Have you been there? Yes. Oh, my Just God. Just five months ago. Oh, my God. How expensive are those tickets? Oh, they were like uh, $250, which was just one ticket. Is that euro? I mean, you guys don't, you do rubles over there. Uh, yeah, but I'm yeah. saying okay. in, you know, approximately. It's worth it, though. It was worth it. Oh, my God. Isn't it amazing? Yes, it I've seen amazing. it on YouTube, but that's about as close as yeah, I'm going to get Yeah, I saw Swan Lake. I saw the ballet. And it sucks because I don't know when I'm going to be able to fly to Russia, if ever again. Like, exactly. <laughs> so it was totally worth it. Jesus Christ. Well, good for you. I'm happy you got to get there. That's awesome, man. I love it. I love that you enjoy that kind of stuff and you really enjoy, uh, you know, that Russian culture because, you know, that's part of Russian culture. Ballet is a big deal. Yes. You know? uh, all right. So the next word is vodka. <laughs> I don't like to drink. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're not Russian. How dare you? Everybody, you know, you know it's not a stereotype. Everybody thinks I'm Russian. I drink vodka. Yeah. I can if, like, yeah. you know, if I have to, but I prefer not to. I don't. I usually drink wine if I. Okay. Beverage but it's, I mean, I'm sure it's consumed a lot out there. For yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah, I would say so. It's a big deal. I would say so. And you guys are proud of it. You make some great vibes. Yeah. You so know, the Chnaya, again, one of my favorites, if I'm not mistaken, that's, yeah, that's, that's Russian, right? Yeah, I think now it's, it's uh, lots of states stopped importing it because of this war. Ah, that's terrible. Come on, we got to get over this war, please. Exactly, right? <laughs> I need that stoli, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next word of five words with Angel is Moscow. You think about you think about Alaska. Red Square. Nice. Wow, how big is that place? When you, like when you get there, because I I look at it to me, it's like a like a painting, you know. Like when you see a beautiful painting, like at, at MoMA or somewhere that's mm-hmm. super famous, and you look at it, and it, it just it's it's just like 
leaves you breathless. Yes, because you know, is it, yeah. whichever way you go, you see some beautiful building. You either see um, the St. Basil's Cathedral mm-hmm. or you see, um, you know, the Spaska Tower or you see the Kremlin uh, or you see the Goom um, uh, store, you know, the um, um, mall that they have their fancy mall. And each building is just incredible. And uh, it has cobblestones. You walk on those cobblestones. And at night, it's just mesmerizing when it's all lit. It, I took some beautiful photos, and they will stay with me for a long Post time. Post them on your Instagram. I want to see. <laughs> I will. I will. I had, for real, I had, man. You know, because like I said, I don't know. It's really I'm, breathtaking. But you it's one correct. of those places that, you know, I've always wanted to, you know, visit, to be honest with you, because it's been such a prevalent you know, Russia is such a prevalent nation, such big, rich history, the Soviet Union. And then, you know, when it became Russia officially, like to me, it's like, you know, it's always been so intriguing. Because there was this and, iron curtain. Yes, and, uh, exactly. You don't know much about it as yeah. much as other countries. Yeah. And I'm into like, I love sports. Mm-hmm. You know, I love sports. And Russia has a deep, rich history when it comes to athletics. Yes. You know, they take it really seriously. So I feel like that's a place I would like to to visit, you know what I mean? Such a rich history in sports and things that I really like. So I'm like, I really know, hope you would be able to. I would love day. to see, like, you know, I mean, I don't want to, I mean, you know, you got to be careful because usually figure skaters are very young and I don't want to look like a pedophile. <laughs> but I would like to see, you know, you know, like those young phenoms training out there because I'm sure they're amazing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I can't even imagine how rigorous and how much they practice because that is pretty much their like entire life. I love, but I love that determination. I love yeah. that that will. And Russians love. are strong people. Yeah, man. There's a lot. And so of are Russian... Ukrainian, you know, because yeah, we're, exactly. we're the same kind of people as Russians. <laughs> we gotta stop I know. that war. I know. Hashtag stop the war. And please. you know, and I feel I'm very thankful that I actually could speak freely here because if I were in Russia, I would be taken away. And I feel very grateful for free speech in this country. How does that feel? Because, I mean, that's crazy how, like, you know, I, I take it, I'm not going to say I take it for granted, but I don't realize the, in, how, in the intensity of it. You know what I mean? Just like the, 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 how free of speech we really have until we have these situations. And I have someone that grew up in a different culture tell me, like, yo, this is serious. Like, I can't even... Speak. I can't even do yeah, a podcast my, like my, this. Yeah. yeah, and my friends told me I can't even talk to them about the war in Ukraine over the phone. Wow, that's for crazy. their safety. Wow, yeah, that is crazy, man. So there you go, man. You know, God bless the USA. Yes. We were able to do a few things yes. that uh, are not allowed apparently in yeah. other places. Not, uh, I mean, every country. Yeah, the has Kremlin problems. controls everything over there, right? It's, <laughs> it's something different. Wow. Now the fourth word is the Kremlin. What do you think about when you think about the Kremlin? Putin. <laughs> <laughs> What is the Kremlin for people that don't know? Could you explain this mystery word? Well, Krem, uh, Kremlin is, um, you know, part, uh, you know, it's one of those governmental buildings that, uh, you know, it has this palace. It has beautiful, uh, you know, a fancy building, you know. It's like DC over here. Watch the DC. Uh, well, no, Kremlin is in inside the Red Square. Okay. It's just one of the buildings. buildings. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Now, the fifth word is, what do you think about when you think about Mother Russia? What comes to mind? My motherland. 
Well, everybody that you have it, that was Five Words with Angel here with Inga Wismer joining us on the podcast. Don't forget, sponsored by OTW Threads and AttitudeOn10.com. Now, Inga, right? Could you give, first of all, give, if you can, give us a message, you know, if you have you had to speak to someone that's Ukrainian right now, you know, look them in the eye right now and tell them how you feel. I'm very sorry for what is happening, for what my country is doing to you. I do not approve this. I hope this war will end. I hope you will be safe. I hope your family will be safe. I'm praying for you. I'm supporting you in any way I can. I um, attended rallies in New York City. I am going to Ukrainian church and I'm collecting uh, goods and things to send to Ukraine. And I'm just trying to help in any way I can be in here. And I know you're you're strong, you're brave, and you will overcome it. And this will end. And this will not, you know, you will not be conquered. Wow, thank you. That was a deep message. Thank you for sharing that with us because I feel like more things like that need to happen. We need to see that more on social media. You speaking directly to to the people. And I hope this gets to them, you know, as many as possible. Now, Inga. Where can we find you? Where can we find the modeling? You know, tell us all your social medias. Where can we follow your modeling and your progress and your acting and all the, you know, the fun stuff that you do out here? You can follow me on Instagram. It's uh, Inga Wismer Modeling. So it's um, I-N-G-A-W-I-S-M-E-R Modeling. Um, So it's my Instagram. So you could follow my journey on that. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for gracing Thank us you with your presence. Thank you very much for having me here. Thank you. It was really great to listen to you speak and to really get into the heart and soul of what happens out there in Eastern Europe. Like, Because, you know, I love it, man, because I love it. I love people. I love humanity. You know, I love to learn about different cultures. I feel like, you know, we're all similar in some way, shape, or form. We are. You know, and, you know, it's just great to have you here expressing how you feel about the situation out there in Eastern Europe and the Ukraine and Russia. And thanks again for being here on the podcast with us. You're very welcome. And thank you for having me here, Angela. Of course. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you for everybody for listening. Definitely. Thank you for everyone for listening. That was Miss Inga Wismer here on the Angel of Words podcast. Podcast, talking about the uh, Russia Ukraine, the Russia Ukraine conflict, uh, modeling, and you know, just overcoming hardships in life. You know, things that human beings go through. Don't forget, uh, you can find more information and all the information on our YouTube channel, uh, Angel of Words ENT. Don't forget to subscribe, click on those notification bells, and stick with us. We're on all podcast platforms as well. And if you want to go even deeper into the Angel of Words universe. Go to the website, you know, that's where all the fun is happening. A-O-W-E-N-T.com. All right. Uh, Merchandise is there. A lot of, you know, a lot of fun blogs are there. So, you know, visit it. Don't be scared. Uh, The podcast is sponsored by OTW Threads, Be Out of This World, and AttitudeOn10.com. My people in Ukraine, my people in Russia and Eastern Europe, I wish you all the best and all the love in the world. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you later.